I'm Stu Whiffin. And I'm Adam Richardson. And not only are we the editors of Pod Bible Magazine, we're also your hosts for the Pod Bible Podcast. The podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. It doesn't get more meta than that, right? Hello and welcome to the Pod Bible Podcast. It's a bonus episode. I'm Stu Whiffin. I'll be presenting today's episode. They've let me loose on my own again. There's no Scroobius Pip or Adam Richardson today. Um, but I think you're in safe hands. I hope so. I don't know if you, uh, you heard me on the last one, but I'll let you into a secret. I am the best one. Let me tell you about what you get from the bonus episode. What we do is we ask some of the podcasts that have advertised in the recent Pop Bible magazines to come and showcase and, and, and tell us all about their podcast. So there's no recommendations. It's just three podcasters telling you why you should go and listen to their show. Kicking things off first, Whiskey and Me podcast. You're going to love this. Dave, tell me all about your podcast. Where do I begin? Uh, the name, I guess. Um, Whiskey and Things, the podcast. Uh, we started this in March. It's me and my friend Nick Kent, who I met at university many moons ago. And uh, we're both musicians and we both like whiskey. And a few years back in 2014, we did a YouTube show for a whole year where we'd have a sip of whiskey and just have a catch up uh, sitting on my sofa. Uh, and we've been talking about doing this as a podcast form for a while. We did 50 episodes back then, and then, then we both got too busy to meet up every week. Uh, but podcasts, you don't have to be in the same room, so it's perfect, right? You can uh, do it. And we decided we were going to learn a little bit more about the whiskey. We didn't have a clue what we were doing before. So um, we've really started to do a lot of research. Nick, in particular, has going on has been going to whiskey school, learning all about it. So Sorry, every week we have but, a- whiskey school. Yeah, the, the Edinburgh Whiskey Academy, to be precise. Amazing. <laughs> that weren't on my school curriculum. I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know. There, there, I can tell you there are so many things to this, which I had no idea about. The, 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 the level of complexity in, in yeah. whiskey is amazing. Anyway, so we, we, uh, we, we try a different whiskey every week. And also, because we both are... Um, musicians and do have certain things which are kind of interesting we have a things section every week where we just have a catch-up and obviously this summer that's not been that exciting but the plan is that it should be fairly exciting to to, to be doing things as well so we've been we've been occupying that with interviews with various musicians and other actors and all kinds of stuff that we know who some have interest in whiskey and some don't. That's not really the point. Uh, so it's not just a whiskey show. We call it a lifestyle entertainment show, I think, yeah. is the uh, official blurb. Um, I'm just interested. You, you mentioned that you've done um, 50 YouTube shows. And was it just the, the simplicity of being able to do it remotely that made you think, okay, let's move from a YouTube show to a podcast? What, what was the real sort of driving factor to, to, to switching it to, to podcasting? Yeah, the, the YouTube form is, is different as well. You're trying to do something very different. And although it was the two of us sitting on the sofa, we'd have lots of cutaways. And, and, and the, the things part of that was us living and going out recording and all that kind of stuff. And recording video of yourself constantly gets quite draining. Mm. And then having to edit that all together yeah. into some kind of entertaining form also was a lot of work. Uh, and it was Nick who was doing all that work, although he's a very good editor. It, it was a lot of work for him when he had other things going on. Sure. So, But 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 the, the, on a simplistic level, it was because he was on tour a lot. He was about to go on tour a lot. I was about to go on tour a lot. And it was like, how we can do the odd one or two where we're prepared, but when you're going to be apart from each other for six weeks. And things like Zoom didn't really exist then, mm. where we could still perhaps have done it as a YouTube thing, 
but we well, obviously we, we couldn't. So so we just said, oh, let's 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 turn it into a monthly thing, and then it never happened. So the the podcast just works. He's moved up to Manchester. We can literally do this when when wherever we are in the world. We've got our small little setup which we can carry around with us, and and it's great, and and we can always deliver. I think um, the, the the lockdown situation that we you know we've all found ourselves in. You know, one of the not to say that there's any good can come from this, but uh, you know, I do think that podcasters have, have, you know, in general, certainly myself, has, has been able to, you know, reach out to people that probably would never have been able to have found the time to, to to go to a studio to talk. Yeah, exactly. We found that as well. I mean, it, it's also so easy to edit. I know yeah. that's uh, just just having separate audio when you're in the same room. There's a bit of spill, and it's always a little bit harder to edit that. Mm. But knowing you have two audio sources means it is when you can have a half hour chat with someone and cut it down to fifteen minutes sure. quite easily. Um, but but you're right. I mean, uh, this week on our show uh, in episode twenty, um, I'm, I managed to get thirty minutes with Kevin Martin, who's the lead singer of a US rock band called Candlebox, and he's living in LA. And I was in LA in November and we were going to try and get together to do some songwriting and it was really hard to do, but we could grab 30 minutes to do the podcast recording. It came about so quick. Yeah. It was literally like, I sent him a message. Yeah, that sounds great. When are you doing it? Tomorrow morning? Yeah, perfect. Bang. Yeah. And then, and then it was, it was there. And that, and that was such a quick process. It didn't take long, <laughs> which is wonderful as well when you're, when you're trying to do multiple things with your day. So um, as, as a touring live musician as well, um, the, is there sort of future plans to do live podcasts as well? Yeah, so um, I mean, already we 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 did a episode twenty five, which isn't out yet. We've already trialed the live show setup, but on Zoom. So we have uh, we have some patrons, and they all came along. We had a big we did a big live show for them, uh, which was great. But yeah, the plan is to, to 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 do a live show where we do the podcast and have some music performances as well, which obviously won't be on the pod, and just try and create some kind of community vibe as well. Um, Amazing within that um, through my audience and through Nick's audience as well that that we can just pull everyone together. So I, I want to ask you something. Then you mentioned Patreon and and do you think that as Patreon really enabled you to sort of develop the podcast and and the community your your listenership as a community and and also as it you know obviously I, I presume it helps sort of monetize the podcast to a degree. Yeah, to, to an extent. I mean, in fairness, most of, all but two of our Patreons at the moment are people that are already in my little community of yeah. people that come to my gigs anyway. So uh, we're only beginning to start reaching out to, to people beyond who knew us. Yeah. Um, and, and it's happening, and that's really positive to see because they're brand new just because we're doing a podcast, not because sure. they know of me as a musician or Nick as a musician, uh, which I think means we're clearly doing something right. And, and it's it's a good barometer for that because not only are they listening, they're then going, oh, do you know what? This is good. I'm going to give them some money every month. Yeah. And that really is – it's more good for your confidence and just to say, okay, I'm clear, we're clearly doing something yeah. right. People are clearly enjoying this. Yeah. When, you're, when, when something which is genuinely a, a free bit of entertainment that people have, yeah. if someone's then willing to give you money for it, it does give you that, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll keep working on this and, and keep going because people are enjoying it and enough – to, to do that but but yeah I, there there is a community that i've got anyway so it's, it's just trying to get new people into that and create a, a, a different kind of community a kind of like just here's something else we do sure sure um, um and so as we sort of find ourselves coming out of of, of, of lockdown in, in in it seems in, in small steps but hopefully it's it's uh there's light at the end of this tunnel what's the plans to to with the podcast then 
we originally had a whole plan and we only launched it at the start of lockdown because we, like, we may as well do it now. Uh, but we've been working on this now for a, for a year and, and just launched in March. Uh, but the, the plan is that, as I said, we'll have the weekly have a whiskey and a catch up from wherever we are. And obviously that will have different stories depending on what tour we're doing or, or what's going on, where, where we're recording or what's going on. But also we'd like to get out and do things, obviously live shows, but, but just going like as a whiskey show, going to visit distilleries, mm. uh, you know, have a road trip around the Highlands, for example. I mean, that, that's, you could have multiple shows just on us doing a kind of Steve Coogan and Bryden. Rob Bryden uh, kind of thing, you know, that, that kind of, it, it can develop into that kind of thing. So although we have a, a format at the moment, once Real World comes round, we're hoping that we can blow it up a little bit and, and, and really create some interesting um, podcasts. Well, if you find yourself in the Highlands and you go to the Nevis, the Nevis Dew Distillery, uh, I don't know if you know that distillery, that is, uh, that is at the bottom of um, Ben Nevis. And, uh, and and it's 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 using the water that comes down off of Ben Nevis. If you choose to do a a, a live show at the top of Ben Nevis, let me know because uh, I'll definitely You'll... come to that. I won't be walking oh. up there. I'll get the cable car up, <laughs> and uh, but I'll um yeah I'll get stuck into uh, the Nevis Duke. It's my favourite whiskey. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, definitely. I think I think Nick's been there before, so it's been it is on our list of, of things to do. For, so for sure, you can definitely come along. Wonderful, Dave. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks loads, Dave. That was a really, really great explanation as to why people should go and check out Whiskey and Me. And uh, and if you do find yourself in Scotland, go and check out the uh, the Nevis Dew Distillery because you get a nice drop of whiskey there. Okay, before we get on to our second guest, we're going to take a quick break. Be back in a sec. Welcome back. Okay, it's time for another guest, and we are going to head over now to the History Cafe. You're going to love this. Penelope, John, please tell us all about your podcast. Okay, well, um, we've got a podcast called History Cafe. We came up with the idea of doing a podcast because um, John's an academic historian, but I'm just an ordinary punter. I was an academic historian. He he was, he was. And um, I used to say something and he'd go, I don't think it was really like that. And he did it so many times that finally, when we thought we had a bit of time and we moved near Oxford where they've got fantastic libraries, we decided to dig into these stories that didn't sound quite right. Yeah, the thing is, uh, you know, you spend a, a lifetime looking into these stories, different stories, and these bit, stray bits of information come along and you think, what's happening here? What's going on here? And you never have time to follow them up. But actually, when you do, you find suddenly these amazing stories begin to emerge. You know, I mean, both of us worked in television. You know, I was just a mere exec in the BBC. Penelope's the one was nominated for Oscars and things like that. You know? So... Um, you know, you get a bit of a nose for a story and you and you know that stories are about uh, good characters, they're about strong narratives. And so you begin to dig away and you think, yeah, there's definitely some, something here, you know, and you begin to follow it. I mean, I, I'll give you an example. A long time ago, I came across some documents, some German documents from 1940 that said the German Navy absolutely could not think about transporting a German army across to Britain in 1940. This is when the Battle of Britain is happening. Eh? supposed to be a big German invasion. Thing. The German Navy saying, no way, we're not going there, can't be done, goodbye, we're off. You know, so what's, what's going on? And you never have time to sort of dig away and think, what's really going on here? You know? So, yeah, then we started to dig So away. then we thought, we thought, well, you know, there are all these massive books that have been written by um, proper historians, but a normal person hasn't got time to go anywhere near them. So we thought, 
we've got the time and we actually quite like going to the library. It's my sister's idea of hell, but I love it. And we go to the library. And then when we, we found that when we came out, we went for a coffee. We were just bursting with things we wanted to tell each other and arguing about them and this, that and the other. And then we suddenly came up with this idea of a cafe because we were always in these damn cafes, um, always arguing always kind of really excited and so we thought uh, when we came up with the idea of sort of trying to make these stories more accessible we thought people don't really want to read long books maybe if we just say it in a fun way um we'll get people who didn't think they were interested in history you know just people who will watch a film about a subject that is historical but suddenly find they're interested so you know my son who's an architect he would never have gone near anything if it was called history except I made him and then he went god it's so exciting that's yeah, actually, our best listeners have been those people who said, you know, I'd never have gone near a history thing. And then suddenly it's such it's such fun and so interesting. And that's and that's it. And, and it's just finding the good stories and good characters is what it is about. But it's also about the fact that, you know, being in a cafe, it's so informal. And that's what we like about it. Because yeah. One of the things I hated when I was making history documentaries for the BBC, I found that the one thing I hated was those kind of, you know, those historians who sit in book line rooms. Looking around, I'm in book my room here, but in a <laughs> book my rooms with knotted ties, you know, and they tell you well, this is what you've got to think, this is what you've got to believe, and I think, no, hang on, you don't, you don't know it, you you really don't know, you know, we don't know. You can read all the documents that there are about history, and you really wouldn't know. So you yeah, never really know. You'd never actually know, and so you know, you felt this has got to be, there's got to be some other way of doing this. So let's find a kind of informal way of just chatting together. Cafe is a nice place to be. This is just a talk, a chat. A sort of common sense approach, you know, you're kind of going, but why, why would Henry VIII risk his whole kingdom over a really sexy young woman? You know, kings don't have to do that. They, they, they would find a way to have her. What well, is did, it? And, and, then we, and then we found out that it was all about his relationship with the King of France, which was very, very important. So, but but it, we didn't come to that straight away. We just kind of thought, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Why Anne Boleyn? Why Anne Boleyn? What was this all about? Let me find it. You know, it's a story that we had never, ever even imagined. And that's what gets us excited. And so why did you choose, uh, you know, with background in sort of documentary making and television, why did you choose um, to do a podcast? We began to research these stories and we began to think, you know, this is not, you know, this is not academic stuff. We're not going to be, I mean, we have written academic stuff, but you know, this is not academic stuff. We don't want to go all the footnotes and all that kind of business. You've got to be, you know. We've got them though, <laughs> in case yeah, someone asks us. They're there, but you know, you don't want to go, you don't want to go there. But nor do you want to write just a purely kind of poppy book that just tells everybody what they already know, you know. Let's find something in between. And the thing about a podcast is that you can try things out. You can have a conversation, you know, you can talk. We also get people to talk back to you. People can put things on our website and they say, well, just a minute, I don't I don't know about this. What about that? I don't know. If you listen to our little trail, one of the things we say on there is the thing about historians is that they're all wrong. We're all wrong. You know, none of us really know the answer to this. And that's what we really liked about it. So a book looks a bit set out and a bit uh, kind of, you know, this is this is what you've got to believe. This is what you've got to think. Whereas a podcast has this nice feel of informality and we can question this. And it's just a comment. And you can tell from people's tone of voice. Well, I think this and maybe that. And, and there are lots more. There are lots of ways of inviting people into the subject of the podcast. And I was terrified to begin with. I sent it to my daughter, who's an actor, to see what it sounded like. And she said, well, John, you're great. And mum, you're not as bad as you thought you were. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> so, there's, there's a compliment in there, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, so I thought, well, actually, that's probably mean, shall we keep going? <laughs> so we've been, um, so yeah, um, the, the very first ones we did, um, I, I forced John to ditch because I sounded so terrible. And there are occasionally ones where I think I was, I was listening to an episode of The Crown, watching a lot of the episodes of The Crown, and suddenly I seemed to have... Um, channeled um 
Claire Foy as the Queen into some of my presentations. So um, please forgive me for that. Um, that's not intentional. <laughs> so you, you mentioned you ditched the first few because she sounded terrified. So if, if um, our listeners uh, are, are going to come and check you out, what yeah. would you? Where would you direct them for uh, the, the first listen? Would you say start at the beginning, or is there one that you think really gives a good sort of cross section of, of what you're trying to to get across with a pod? I know it depends. It depends what you're interested in. I mean, you know, there, there's a whole range, a whole range of subjects. You know, we, we're 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 getting there. Give us time. You know, we're, we've got some out there already. Uh, fun one, one that people have really enjoyed so far was one that we, we call the lobster. Um, and it actually start, it just starts people say you can you can get to the whole of history by just choosing a moment so we choose this moment it's the 2nd of may 2nd of may yeah. 1937 um it's in the morning uh it's just a split second and it's a photograph being taken and it's in a french it's in the garden of a french chateau and it turns out that this photograph is taken by a very famous photographer Cecil Beaton and it turns out the person in the photograph is actually Wallace Simpson who's somebody who's about to marry uh, Edward who used to, who was the king of england until he abdicated just a few months before. And so from this split second, from this fun thing, which actually I got interested in, not because of anything to do with Wallace Simpson or Cecil Beaton, but because of the dress she was wearing. It's a really famous dress designed by Elsa Schiaparelli, uh, an Italian designer who lived in Paris. But down the front of it is this big red lobster designed by Salvador Dali. And you think, what on earth is this woman standing there with this lobster? And anyway, lobster in Dali. If you know about Dali, lobster always means sex. So, you know, what on earth <laughs> is this woman doing with this dress? And so starting with, I was interested in that, but out of this comes a kind of detective story. And, you begin, and we begin to kind of ask It's all about, about Nazis and uh, the abdication. Uh, uh, and why, did, why didn't Edward abdicate the throne of England? And, you know, people say it's because he was a Nazi, but actually, wasn't that it was about something else altogether and you know a whole thing springs out of that so i i and that's what i love just i think it's a great place to start just for one little moment and it comes out of all these other things because the you, thing is you just don't have to know anything before you listen to any of our episodes you really don't need to know anything and we catch up along the weekend and go what were we saying and we you know we make sure that you know but you really don't have to have any prior knowledge and i'm i am miss mrs punter you know i I don't have a lot of historical knowledge, even though I did history very badly once. So, you know, I keep sort of keep it on track for the for the normal person. Although I think John's got the nose for that anyway. But yeah, I think my favourite is one that's starting out now, which is about how, you know, Kennedy's involvement in the Cuba Missile Crisis, which was in 1962. So most people wouldn't, you know, who are listening are too young, but they've heard that it was the closest we ever came to nuclear war. And they always think it's the Russians' fault. And we had no idea. And we started to look at it because we came across a memo in a book that John had that said that was to Kennedy on day two. They found these missiles on Cuba and his security services are saying to him, these missiles on Cuba from the put the Russians have put there make no strategic difference. So then what was it all about? Why did we come very, very close to nuclear war if it made no strategic difference? And then we discovered after lots and lots of researching, because we were just determined to try and find you know, what had happened. We found that actually Kennedy was six weeks away from his really important midterm election. And he had staked his name and his claim to, when he'd won the presidential election before, getting tough on Cuba. So he had let this thing happen on his watch. And so he had to be tough. I won't tell you the whole story, but it is fascinating. And it's all about spies and back channels and Stuff that we only discovered by a chance encounter. We were reading, I was reading this gossip book about something, I can't remember why, historical gossip. And this 
journalist called Charlie Bartlett was mentioned, and we looked it up, and we found that in the end, he's the guy who created the myth and the propaganda that says that Kennedy solved it all, and it was the textbook example of diffusing crisis. And it, it was all created for the papers about four days after it, you know, ostensibly had finished. So this is very exciting. And then we went to Cuba for fun, and then we just thought, this is just all something that nobody really talks about. It's very often those little stray references that nobody else would look up that suddenly leads you to a story. You think, fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much. Let's do. Thank you. Brilliant pleasure. Thank you very much. Take care. There you have it. I was amazing chat there. It was so nice to hear people speak with such passion about history and, and, and their means of kind of going on little adventures to unearth these uh, these hidden gems of knowledge. And uh, yeah, go and check it out, the History Caf. All right, so our last guest today. When I first thought there was going to be somebody hosting a podcast about dogs, I thought, okay, how's this going to work? Wait until you hear and I tell you all about this podcast. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm going to hand over now, telling you all about a dog's life. This is Anna. Anna, please tell me all about your podcast. Well, hey, Stu, thanks very much for inviting me onto this. Um, my podcast, it's called A Dog's Life, and it's really uh, highlighting the journey with my first miniature bull terrier, who is called Molly. Without sounding saccharine about it, really, I, I do feel I had the best 13 years of my life with Molly. Through that time, I'm, I've been broadcasting on BBC Radio London, co-hosting a show called The Barking Hour. And um, the podcast really is to highlight the people that I've met on the way, people who have changed and, you know, are changing our understanding of dogs so that everyone listening can really understand their dog a bit better and know why every dog is extraordinary and the impact that they really bring to our lives. And so what made you choose to you know, for, for, for having a career in radio to, to then look at the medium of, of, of podcasting and why did you choose to, to, to do it as a podcast and, and how did you sort of settle on the, the concept of your podcast as well once you decided that that was where you was going to take it? Okay, well, podcasts, you know, have really been growing with the uh, iPhone really and smartphones and I've been fascinated by them because they kind of, uh, for me, are like a cross between doing a radio interview in a studio and just having a conversation with someone that you know. And bringing information to people, that's really what I wanted to do. It's kind of been my my role um, on radio to be the expert. And I've studied a lot about dogs. I've got a psychology degree. I know it might not look like that I've got one, but I, I did get one when I was a lot younger. And I've studied with the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies, which is really all about holistic health, which is now becoming so much more popular, for lack of a better word. People are looking for different solutions with their dogs and with their own human health. You know, what can I eat to nourish me, to keep me well, to keep my immune system boosted? So I wanted the podcast to really reflect all of that. So that was one of my drivers. But also, you know, people like Rupert Sheldrake, who is an amazing scientist, and that's episode one of A Dog's Life. Um, he's probably the most rebellious scientist that's ever lived. 
and he studied um, telepathy and the sixth sense in people and animals, but especially dogs. So I guess the driver for the podcast was to fuse my radio experience with being, I hope, a naturally chatty kind of girl with my knowledge and my absolute passion for dogs, which isn't new. You know, um, I grew up with dogs. My dad worked for the RSPCA when I was very young. So I learned uh, about animal cruelty cases at a very young age. And that's really where it all began. And, and you mentioned your first episode there. And if you was to lead the, the, the Pod Bible listeners uh, to your podcast, would you say start episode one or would you say there's a there's a, a specific episode that really gives a good cross-section of your your podcast that, that makes for the perfect sort of introduction to it? Well, the thing is, what people are saying about my podcast is that it's really, really varied. And that's why I also think it's really actually quite unique, because it's not just talking about health or talking to scientists. But there's one episode which I really love, which is with Toby Rose talking about the Palm Dog, which is the only awards that recognises canines in film. So it's also about dog culture right? And really about the whole world now that is so much more dog centric than it's ever been before. When I got Molly, my first bull terrier back in 2002, as the first dog on my own as a grown up, um, you couldn't go anywhere in London with, with your dog, you know, you found a dog friendly pub. And that was like your pub for life, you know, now, you know, you can pretty much go everywhere with your dog, even even the pictures, you know, even the picture house central in Piccadilly has dog-friendly screenings or hopefully will have again obviously at the moment with COVID it's all a bit yeah um so it's touching on that so really which episode encapsulates it it's hard to say um because I want to keep the variety of uh the the interviews diverse I mean for example the next episode is one I'm really looking forward to and it probably will make you laugh I'm interviewing one of the key scientists um he's a young guy actually and he's worked um with the Natural History Museum in Stockholm in Sweden analyzing this prehistoric puppy which is heralded to be the missing link between how dogs evolved from wolves all those years ago yes I know and he was only found last December uh, and he's this tiny puppy, and they named him Dogor, and he's intact. So he's got his brain, he's got his eyes, he's got his teeth, everything. So we can really learn about this this creature that lived 18,000 years ago. You know, and for me, that's fascinating, because there are going to be links to your pooch in your front room. Yeah. Yeah, so that, you see, there's that. Then we go to telepathy. Then we talk about homeopathy, talk about dogs in film. There's an episode with... Um, a great friend of mine, Laura Wilson, she's a, an award-winning crime fiction novelist. So she's talking about dogs in, in novels and their role in, in plots, you know, and, and how The Wizard of Oz really wouldn't have happened without Toto. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, of course. Yeah, Toto plays a real role in making the plot move forwards the whole time, as well as really, you know, looking at Dorothy and her life, because she was actually quite lonely there in Kansas, and, and Toto was her best friend. Yeah. And, and so through all of that, we're going back to what the pod is about, dogs and their role in our lives. It's corny to say it, but they are man's best friend. 100%. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you very much, Anna. I told you, so interesting. Like, what crazy and insightful and interesting ways to to look at our relationship with dogs and, and, and to break that down. It's absolutely fascinating. Go and check out the podcast. I've listened to a few episodes now and, and it gets my stamp of approval as well for what that's worth. Okay, well, it's time to wrap up the podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. What I will say is um, if you want to keep up to date with, with Pod Bible, follow us on social media. Uh, we're on all the platforms. Just look for at Pod Bible. If you want to drop us a letter, if you've got a podcast you want to tell us about, if you're interested in advertising in the magazine, anything you want to talk to us about, drop us an email at info at podbiblemag.com. Also, we've got a new magazine out. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. But you can read it online for free. Or if you want a paper copy delivered to your front door, that's fine. You can do that for the price of a stamp and an envelope. And you can actually order all of the previous issue as well. And all we ask for is the money to cover the stamp and the envelope. And you can find out about all of this and the most important part, which is our newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter because it's such an unintrusive, weekly, bite-sized wealth of great tips and recommendations for for some of the most exciting new and established podcasts out there so you can do all of this stuff all of the aforementioned at www.podbiblemag.com before we finish a lot of love goes out to mr buddy peace our producer extraordinaire thanks loads buddy thank you lot for listening we'll be back next week i don't know if it'll be me it may be scroobius pip it may be adam richardson luck of the draw subscribe that's the best way to not miss any of these episodes Thanks a lot. See you next time. Bye-bye.